Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you and yours. Um, um, yeah, so today I'm just going to really just talk about about how God is a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. And um, there is actually a scripture that talks about this. I'm trying to look for this, but I'm just, yeah, I've seen it. You know, and I'm, I'm just in that place where I want to, and I have been in this place for, I think, a while, where I'm just appreciating the presence of God in my life and how he just takes care of business. And I'm going through this moment when... I'm beginning to realize that God is the, actually the, the most important person in my life as a physical fact. Now, let me break this down. I want to be very honest on this podcast. There are people who are blessed with people who love them around them. I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't, you know, they're just people. I've seen that. I've seen people who have families that are so bonded together. And I mean biological families here, not, you know, marital families. I've seen, you know, amazing bonds. I've, I've seen some families, wow, they're, they're like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Some people say it's the way they were raised. Some people say there was some, you know, but for many of them, it's almost like the chemistry within the family is so right. Everybody really genuinely likes one another, looks out for one another. There's a code of conduct. There's, you know, and some of some families are really, really blessed that way. And then we have other families who do not have anything close to that. And again, I'm talking about biological families. In a way, I've thought about it. I've wondered which is better. To, because I think, because I've observed people who have those kind of really, really bonded, loving families, as opposed to the transactional families. You know, there's other kind of families where, which is really more common, where people are just using one another, feeding off one another, you know relationships there are cliques you know everything is opportunistic and you know or you know yeah i mean i sound really jaded but yes that i think is more common really than the other type of family which is not to say that there are not enough uh, many people with that whole bonded blessed thing but i think the more transactional and opportunistic one the is is more common and then on the extreme of that is the really horrible terrible dysfunctional families that actually really do very bad things to themselves so if i want to use the bible example you know on the extreme you have the david and absalom where the son is actually trying to take the throne from the father and you know kill the father and then in the middle you have the joseph and um his brother's type of um, rivalry jacob and esau you know this one's even twin safe look at how the the twin brother totally you know just shiced the um the, the twin from you know what his own inheritance and then you have hmm, let me think of a family that was really bonded you have the i'm really struggling to think of one now i'm sure there are some that i may be missing but let's just say you have the david and jonathan relationship there's some families you know david jonathan loved david Almost, in fact, I don't even know how to describe that love, you know, even though they were no biological brothers, but the love was, was amazing. So um, that kind of love, some families have that where even when 
you know, Jonathan actually took sides with David over and above his father, his family interest, his own personal interest. He loved him more than himself. It's, it was the most amazing thing. So some some families have that. And I think we've seen there's some relationships within the Bible that I think had that kind of love, like the love that um, um, Jacob had for Joseph and for Benjamin. Um, and, you know, but clearly he didn't have that love for his other children, which then created problems with those ones as well. So in Jacob's family, the 12 tribes of Israel, you can see both the, um, the good side, which is the fatherly love for his two favorite children, as well as the medium side, which is, you know, the, the rivalry between the children, which eventually led to Joseph being taken into captivity been sold off by his brothers actually that's more the more um, accurate thing to say so but like i said more people even from the bible you'll see that most of the relationships fell into that sibling rivalry um space or actual animosity and we have a few that were you know quite known for that very loving um jacob and his son's relationships so the thing is, I'm beginning to realize, without going into too much details, that actually, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point where I'm, I now realize that I, a lot of my relationships have been more in the transactional space than I actually realized. It wasn't transactional on my part, but I realized that it was very transactional on the part of others. And because I don't know how to do transactional, you know, it's just not me. I'm somebody that I do things based on the heart because I believe that is the right thing to do because I like you. I'm committed to you. I, I believe I have a responsibility. I don't do things because of what I want to get back. I mean, honestly speaking, I don't even know of anybody who can really do things back for me in that sense on this earth. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't really... I'm not that kind of person that builds sufficiency around people. I can't plan. If I don't even trust people, I have major trust issues. So I, I can't I can't build. I mean, for me to build a, a plan around somebody else, that means that I trust that person so much that I believe that the person will deliver on their promises. No, I, I, I would rather trust myself, you know. So I, I'm not for that reason I can't be transactional about things because I think to be transactional, you have to trust that the other person or believe or just think the other person I as in I will believe that other people have their own. I just, I'm not that kind of person. Let's just leave it that way. So, but it's come, it's got, I'm just at a point where I just realized that the only person in my life that has proven to be, when I say the only person, I don't want to say this in the Bible, I'm going to say the person who, and I'm talking within, um, I'm not talking, I'm talking within family relationships now. I'm saying that by far, I, I, and I've known this for a while, just I haven't spoken about this a lot on my podcast. By far, the, the person who has got my back and who loves me unconditionally is God. I, I see some people that I can almost see that the relationships they have with their family is very close to the relationship they have with God. In my own case, there's a big distance. And I think I've spent a lot of years trying to improve myself, you know, to do better, to be the person that, you know, that people will genuinely love. And I realize that now I don't think I will ever be that person. I think I will just be the person that they will genuinely need 
you know you know what i'm saying and um for some reason that's the position that i have been given and i should just accept it and i shouldn't you know let me just make my peace with it and know that it's only with god that i would find that genuine love and you know it explains why for a great part of my life honestly i was looking for love i spent a great part of my younger years buried in romantic novels just really really looking for love and i think that was what led me to god and um and i think even after that i think i continued to look for for love in human beings you know what i'm saying not in everybody because i'm also very personal but i think i longed for it more than i should have and that made me vulnerable to certain things but I thank God that God has, I mean, you know, I wish it was earlier, but anyways, I thank God that I've been delivered from that now. Because I now, I have come to, I, I have come to, I'm at peace with the fact that the only person that I should seek that kind of love from is from God. Because for some reason, for me, I can't speak for anyone else, and this is not me. I mean, this is called Musings with Jesus. So this is me sharing the thoughts of my heart, things that I, I would normally talk to God about and somehow, you know, through this process too. Um, you know, it, it's it's not that I, I think that... Um, I'm not speaking for everybody because, like I said, I have seen people who I can see that there is a very strong correlation. I mean, the the relationships they've, they have with family biological family is is very close to what they would what they have with god or what anyone would wish to have with god you know really really close really close you know people that will bring out their kidney for you you know what i'm saying that kind of close you know and um yeah so it's um So, yeah, so I'm I'm realizing, I have come to the point now that I realize that, okay, this is what it is. It's taking me a long time to recognize it. A lot of what I'm saying here, I think it's taking me like my whole life really to come to this point. I, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand why certain things were so difficult. I didn't understand the difference in relationships, why certain things seem to always happen to me. No matter what I did in certain situations, it was just never right. I kept trying. I just never understood why it was so hard. But I just finally realized that, my goodness, there's nothing you can do that will make this better. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do because you will always just be the, the useful person. The person that is useful. And no matter what you do, it doesn't translate into being loved. It doesn't translate into being liked for who you are. It just means that you are needed because you are useful. So it's... And I know what I'm saying. I'm probably sounding very jaded, very cynical. But like I said... It's where my thoughts have gotten to at this point in time. You know, when you've seen enough of behaviors, you've seen enough of people showing you who, you know, who they are or how they feel or, you know, 
and you spent a lot of time, you know, just trying to understand and finally the penny drops. You wish it, a part of you wishes it, it didn't drop because the picture that it paints is not a, a pleasant one. But you are forced to. There's just so much body of evidence that you have no choice but to accept it and say, well, okay, so this is what it is. And, um, okay, fine. It's not exactly what I thought. It's not exactly what I would have wanted. But, I mean, I spent my whole life trying to change this picture. And it hasn't changed. Rather, it's becoming more clearer. So, uh, because I'm someone who always likes to know why things are a certain way, I think the why is what's really quite... You know, because you just want to know why, 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 you know, why, why is it like this? What did I, did I do something? Is there something wrong with me? You know, but I've also realized that it's, it's, can't, it's not me. It's not me. It definitely isn't me. So in all of that, it just makes me then look at God with new eyes, you know, because then I look at this God who... Really, I don't think it's benefited anything from me. I have not been overly useful to him in the ways that I know that he would want me to. But but he, he still loves me. He hangs around me. He stays. He protects me. He guides me. He leads me. He's there for me. He's the only reason why I probably am... I still have any sense of self about myself because he came in very early into my life and introduced love. I, I, so, so when you see me, I look like someone who has been a beneficiary of love all my life. But I just realized that, oh my, I haven't really, not in the sense that you would imagine. Yes, I was provided for I was physically cared for, but I wasn't emotionally nurtured at all. At all. At all. So that my life did not go off on a tangent that I could not have imagined. Honestly, I am just beginning to realize the impact that God had in my life. And maybe that's why, because, you know, till today I find that I'm so different from a lot of people, women my age, you know, and I keep wondering, I keep wondering, why am I so, you know, why am I so different? And I don't want to talk about how different I am because I don't know, you know, I don't want to offend anybody or anything, but I just know that I'm different. I see it, you know, I see it, I feel it, I know it. But I understand why, because, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's not much of an, but let's just say that I, 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 I am just beginning to realize that God actually filled the gap for me much more than I knew. He, he actually did. Wow. I'm actually just discovering a lot of things, you know, things that, because you know, when you are in something, you don't, because that's all you know. So you don't, it's not strange to you. That's your life. It's when you're looking at it through somebody else's eyes that then you then realize, okay, so 
this is actually unique to me or okay so this is actually strange to other people or this is not the way it is for every other for every person you know but when you are in it you don't know because that's all you know that's 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 your reality you were born into it you've lived it it's all you know so i i i hope i'm not making too much out of this but i just it's just i'm just having lots of i'm just a lot of things are just coming back to me a lot of things you know anyway so in all of that and i can't i don't want to talk about everything now because i myself i'm still trying to put my thoughts together as you can see even just talking about it now is making some things even clearer to me and um all in all all i can say is that god is the hero of my story he's the hero of my story is the hero of my story i'll leave it at that and i'll just leave it here thank you very much for listening the scripture i wanted to read was hebrews chapter um hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 where um paul was paul's letter to the hebrews he says um starting from verse 18 he says thus by two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for god to lie we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be strongly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Where Jesus, our forerunner, has entered on our behalf, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So it's the the translation of those words is he's a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And um, that's really what I'm I'm reflecting on now that, you know, uh, my hope in Christ is, is a sure and steadfast anchor for my soul. You know, it's, it's, he has been the sure and steadfast anchor of my soul. His, 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 my self-confidence, everything that I, that I am. Hmm. I owe him a whole lot more than I thought. I thought I thought I just owed him. I thought I owed him for my salvation, deliverance, and protection. I didn't realize that I owed him for so much more. I I owe him so much more, so much more. I'll leave it at that. But I think I just want to encourage anybody, everybody that no matter what it is you're going through, for me it is sad that somehow I think I as a Christian, we as Christians, many of us have not been able to talk about what Jesus has done in our lives as widely and as sincerely and as authentically as we should. And that's because we're, we're too busy, like me, I don't, you know, self-preservation. I don't want to sh talk about things because you think maybe you hurt some people or stuff. But whereas those are the things, that's my, that's my gospel. That's my own gospel. I shouldn't be preaching anybody else's gospel. I should be preaching what Jesus did in my life and how he changed me and, you know, what he did to my life and how he, he made me. 
Jesus is everything because he saved me. He saved me from a life of not being loved. I, I can't say anything more than that, but that was just it. I was cared for, I was protected for, I was provided for, but Jesus loved me in a way that I, I really can't, I can't say that I have experienced and, you know, he loved me in a way that was very different from the kind of love I had seen around me because the kind of love I saw around me was dependent, was trans, was transactional. It wasn't even love. It was about, it was just, it wasn't love, but yeah, it was what I thought it was because what I, yeah, you know, let's just say that what I've experienced with God is different from anything that I have experienced anywhere else on earth. But I, I know that not everybody has this experience because I've seen people who are loved in such a wonderful way and just unconditionally. And I think there's probably only one person that I can think that probably comes close to that. You know, one biological person. Yeah, and that's a very recent addition. Well, not recent, but very recent. But you know what I mean? I, I think I can think of one person. I'll leave it at that. But God, by far, and I needed that love. I needed it. I don't know if you do, but I needed it. So I'll leave it at that. And I pray that the Lord will help me to not be afraid or ashamed of his gospel in my life and find opportunity to talk about it more, to share about it more and to speak about it openly and that he will create opportunities for me to do so. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.